Welcome to Rex Factor. This week, backgroundy star. Featuring your host, Graham Duke, Ali Hello. Hello. Welcome to uh, Rex Factor. Rex Factor. Rex Factor. First ever of these podcasts. Yeah. A little pilot of the fantastic project that is Rex Factor. That name again. Is. <laughs> Rex Factor. That's a plug. Right. Um, so the concept, Graham. Yes. Like... Well, firstly, I'm Graham. I'm Ali. And we are the people who are doing this. And what we thought we'd do is, rather than these boring podcasts that we tend to listen to, excluding the BBC's ones, which are excellent and in no way need replacing or adding to. new BBC. Lots of other people do ones, and it's always quite dry. It's just one person reading it out. Scripted. Scripted, often American, and it's just not that engaging. So we thought we'd do a proper fun podcast. Using the theory of the top chump. Indeed. Yeah. And we're basing it around all the kings and queens of England. So we're going to look at each one pretty much individually and decide who's the best, who's the worst. And we've got a number of factors which we're basing it upon. And all the fun things along the way. And all the fun things along. So we'll be looking particularly at warfare, battliness, how good they were at fighting, scandal or notoriety, the bad stuff that they did, governance, or as you wonderfully termed it, subjectivity. Yes. Uh, would yeah. you want to be the subject yeah. to the king? That's, that's a good one. It's that's a good, good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be difficult, obviously, later on when we get to battliness and you have Elizabeth II, not really very battly. She's not, she's not led from the front as no. much as some of the previous... Good subjectivity, though. ...monarchs, indeed. But what we thought we could do for the later ones is maybe think, did good battly stuff happen under their reign? And we oh, could that's sort good of idea. accredit them. Oh, well done, you, I like that idea. Like the gap. <laughs> good. We right. also have a couple of factory ones, like how long they were king for, yeah. how many children they had in the yeah. dynasty, which is just... Pretty much fact. And yeah. finally, do they have that certain something, the Rex Factor? Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, and then we'll end up with overall scores and a sort of Premier League of, of Rex Factors. And then at the end, we can give out a little awards for who won yeah. each of the things. And finally, who is the best king so, or queen? unless there's some horrendous piece of news between the time we recorded this and we get to Elizabeth II. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's hope to see you at Elizabeth II. Well, we do have 49 uh, potential episodes. A little fact for you straight away there from G-Man. Which Hitting could... you with a fat fist. 49 potential episodes, by w- which could take us a while. Wow. So yeah. we can't be sure. That's 49 quality, at least, minutes of your life you're going <laughs> to have. <laughs> so, um, so but we thought we'd start... Well, G-Man, where do you think we'd start with the... Um... Well, we were thinking about starting with Alfred the Great as our first king. Yeah. Although, technically, some would say not exactly the first king mm. of England. Mm. But, nevertheless, you can't miss out Alfred the Great. But we thought it'd be more useful, for the moment, just a little bit of backgroundy stuff. Yeah, hence I, the title. Lovely. Hence the title, yeah. that's why it's there. How do we get from start of everything to Alfred the Great? An important episode. Indeed, so yeah. this is all the background you need. At this point, you will be an expert in all things history of Britain. Well, I will be once I've, once <laughs> I've done <laughs> this. We've anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> massive preparation. Right, hit me, G-Man. What's going on in the background? Firstly, yeah. very early Britain. 
Um, this is Roundhouses. Like way, way, way back. Maybe even before Roundhouses. Oh. I'm not even sure. But this is Stonehenge time. Oh, well, okay. Right, yeah. The important thing to know is that very little is known about these early societies. Yeah. We just don't know anything about them. They don't have anything written down, language, etc. It all gets a pass, but they leave little things or big things like Stonehenge. I like that. Being there for the solstice. It's a big thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You good. actually went up. Do you get to go and touch it? You touched it, it. yeah. You got. Um, yeah, well, it was alright. It was alright. Just tiring. Gotta stay up all night. Do you? Yeah, so I went you back to the car just... and had to sleep. <laughs> I wasn't getting the spirit of it, but English heritage don't normally think that you touch them. So if you're visiting Stonehenge, don't expect to be able to go up, touch them, and you know relive your pagan fantasies. Apart from once a year at the solstice. And of course, do we know what Stonehenge is for? What's for? Well, cal- potentially a calendar was one theory, isn't it? That was one cal- one calendar, one theory of a calendar. Yeah. Yeah. But recently, apparently, they've actually solved it. Go on. Well, initially, there were lots of people that have looked at it over the years, and there was one chap, Richard Atkinson, I think 60s, 70s, I'm not entirely sure, who apparently did all this work over years and years, done up huge amounts, and then didn't tell anybody anything <laughs> about what he found. He didn't keep any records, and years later after he died, they just found under his bed some of his notes. So he might have known for years, but he didn't bother to tell anyone. What was, what was the finding? We don't know. What? He's never told anyone. Oh, He just looked it all up, died, didn't tell us. That is a rubbish historian. If he he had a podcast, he could have sat down at night, (laughs) disseminated this information to the world, instead of keeping it under his pillow like a weird step-toe. Right, okay, so... However, thankfully, Time Team, etc. Well, not Time Team. Tony Robinson followed a bunch of people who were doing it for him, and they put Time Team on the front. (laughs) Yeah. And they reckoned that it was actually a burial ground. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't there be loads of bones? You know, it's all buried down underneath, I think. Uh. So that's where the ancestors would be. And it was a huge area, and there's more bits. And they said today, actually, they found another bit of henge in the oh. Stonehenge area. So it's not just this one big one. They had, like, wooden pillars all yeah, around. Yeah, it expanded and expanded. And it went all the way to the river, mm. where there was a kind of... Shrine. Yeah, there's a massive procession. If you look at aerial bit of Salisbury Plain with the... Um, Burial mounds. Yeah, long great procession going up through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an impressive thing. Some of the stones came from Wales. Yes, the Priscelli Hills, no less. Yeah. 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 Impressive effort. How did we get there? Well, that's, good. That's, a whole, that's a whole new thing. So who are these people? We don't know. Right. That's all we know. They built Stonehenge and Seahenge. There's a Seahenge as well. Yeah, Wales. It's quite good. Mm. But then, people that we know a little bit more mm. come along, i.e. Celts. Yes, I like them. That is definitely Roundhouses. Probably. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to admit, I don't have any roundhouses in my notes. I, I love roundhouses. Well, why don't you chip in and tell us? I, I don't have any notes, oh, so this is, this is <laughs> what I can bring. Yeah. Where you don't have notes, I have roundhouses. Um, yeah, they're great. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Really. Um, is it literally just as it sounds? Well, it is, it, it is, is literally round. a house that is round. But um, just awesome things. Absolutely awesome. They're very, very warm. I, I built one instantly. Really? Yeah. Put one in my, in my in my garden, not as clearly not as good <laughs> as them, uh, but well, we, we, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, we're, my brother and I went to see a recreation um, uh, Bronze Age village, and we thought we could do better than this. <laughs> so I had a stab and did really rather well. It, it was a couple of inches of snow outside, and we were sitting there with our shoes and socks off, all nice and toasty, with a fire in the middle. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. But I would still encourage you to go to uh, Castle Henley's. That's a 
recreation oh. place. That was brilliant. What, what do you make it out of? Or was it uh, just what snow? Because if it was snow, then that would be... Then, yes, that would be a couple of thousand miles too south. What and door walls and thatched roof, but um, all built round a central pillar that's then cut away. It's all really, really, really clever stuff for people who didn't use stone and who lost yeah. a lot of technology. Uh, yeah, when the Romans left, they carried on. Using of course, this is thing. before. Before the Romans, of course, they we'll carried on. We'll come to the yeah, Romans yeah. later. Whoa. Right. First off, yeah. the Celts. Yeah. Apparently, the insular on. Celts. Who? Specifically, insular. Insular. I-N-S-U-L-A-R. Insular. Because there are lots of different types of Celts. Because I always think Celts, Scottish, yeah. essentially is what I think. But they're all over Europe, the Celts. And the yeah. insular Celts, so the ones in Britain, are just a particular... Okay. Strand of cultish type people. Right. Anyway, it's not clear entirely how they came to dominate and get rid of all the Druids and the Stonehenge types. It was either a big invasion or just a gradual merging over yeah. time. But we start to see more society based things now. So we've got tribes with kingships, which is. Oh, here we are. The word, the word. Go on. I don't think they were actually called kingships because king is a Saxon word. Queen. Fact number two. King and queen. Yeah. Um, largely oral tradition in the sense of the evidence so we don't have a lot written down a face indeed <laughs> good joke however it does appear to be a sort of Nick Clegg vision for an ideal liberal Britain oh, they're ahead of the times these Celts they were apparently unusually open about homosexuality no indeed they were were they? to the extent that they've been on holiday in um, Sikintos or something <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they had <laughs> well it's about the right time isn't it and yeah so apparently they would openly be preferring a male partner to a female and, and they, they weren't too bothered about it but they had female leaders as well they had female leaders and women indeed as you've so beautifully aligned to have quite a lot of rights themselves well that sounds pretty fun they're living in roundhouse divorce rights for a woman they can get rid of their husband if he is impotent right obese yeah or gay but that, that, they must be in divorce all over the place. Well, in, by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. I don't know it? if there was... I Presumably, if these were divorce um, reasons they could have, I guess there was also a lot of impotency and obesity. Yeah. So a lot of... Fat, gay, fat. impotent men. That's <laughs> Getting divorced That's by their wives. Also, yeah. Okay. And uh, they were quite proud of their... Um, Homosexuality? Well, just yeah, the women were proud of their open sexuality. Just I think general for men rather than their homosexuality. Right. Yeah. So there was one right. tribesman's uh, wife who said to his Roman lady, Julia Augusta, mm. we consort openly with the best men, whereas you let yourselves be debauched in secret by the vilest. Nice. Who said that again, sorry? I, oh. I can't remember her name. Uh. She said it to Julia Augusta. Well, if anyone can find out, we'll... Uh... You've got the contact details, so let us know. We should have an email address. We'll get one of those sorted. Let's say this is the pilot. We'll see how it goes. Polytheist, lots of gods. Oh, yeah, yeah. All about that. And apparently, this is the first time, roughly, that we get the British term oh. in the form of Pretani, oh. which is by Greeks, Polybius and Pythias, who came along okay. and visited sort of 300 BC. Told you there was a Greek influence. Good old Greeks. They were, oh, all at it. Go on. Right. By about 100 BC, they're getting quite sophisticated. They've got currency and coinage. Yeah. All going well. Boarding up the tribes. Yeah. Getting the coinage. Yeah. Getting rid of the impotent gay obese men. <laughs> but then something comes along. Oh, is we it all know the what's bloody coming. Romans? Bloody Romans. Oh, they get everywhere about this time. Yeah, come they on. Do. What have we got? Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. A couple of invasions, but he doesn't actually he doesn't conquer do it. Britain. No. no. Apparently his reasoning was that when he was getting rid of the whole Gaul thing, 
Yeah. He thought that the Brits were helping the Gauls, so he thought, better go over there. Sort them sort out. Sort them out. Yeah. He didn't. No. But uh, Did he just later. land on the beach? Just say, I came here to a conquered and thought. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Put my flag down. <laughs> yeah. Message oh. made. Okay. I think he had some skirmishes. Right. And some battling, but he didn't go on a full-on conquest. Mm-hmm. But they still built up trade links and stuff, and they were getting connections. Right. It's, uh, Claudius, who actually comes along for the first time in about AD 43, and, and conquers he... pretty much the whole thing, apart from Caledonia, i.e. Yeah, Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. These right. Scots, they, this is re- this is the start, really. They just don't don't want to be part of it. They play ball, do they? Don't want to don't want to come mm. to the table. No, yeah. Four hundred years, we'll get to where it was all okay. But yeah, yeah, right. So that said, Hadrian decides to build a wall because he's had enough of them coming over, invading mm. all the time. Mm. Stirring up problems. And that's all a bit fine until, but of course, we've missed out. Boudicca. Oh, yeah, or Bodicea. What's the actual. Well, apparently it's Boudicca. Yeah. See, I haven't heard Bodicea. the word Bodicea for years. Everyone says Boudicca. I think days. it's because she wasn't called Bodicea. That'll be it. That'll I'm not sure it. why everyone did. I think it's come up a lot of times. I think it might be a typo or something like that, or someone just yeah. wrote it wrong. A lot of people call me Alexander. Well, that's not my name. It's not. No. So, <laughs> I know how she must feel, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, instantly, your thoughts on walls throughout history. Walls throughout history. Well, Hadrian's. Hadrian's is a wall. It's there. It's still there to a certain extent. Great Wall of China, Berlin. Uh, as not the name Great that wall history of has traditionally <laughs> provided. Yeah. But maybe in time, when we look back on it, we'll see that, uh, yeah. albeit politically dubious, but as a workmanship, it was first rate. Yeah, at excellent. great speed. And that, yeah, it was literally overnight. Yeah. They just built a wall. Excellent defensive wall, though. If you're comparing castles to that, they learnt a lot. They, you know, they, if they put it up overnight, they weren't doing it on the hop like this. No, they, <laughs> they, they thought about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the notes. Chinese, they must have spent a long time doing that. Oh yeah, that didn't happen overnight. That's not sure. IKEA, is it? That's no, that's that's a proper. Certainly, the second big biggest country in the world. Yeah. yeah, but you can't see it from space. No, it's a myth. Of course you can't. It's about three, four <laughs> meters across. It's <laughs> 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 a car. It's quite yeah. big, though. Yeah, but not that big. Yeah, um, but what I mean is essentially useless. We learn we learn from history, castles evolved to form concentric design because if one wall fails hmm. you get your next one Berlin Wall okay that is concentric as I just mentioned but Great Wall of China and uh, and Hadrian's Wall go on the sides yeah well it's like the Imagino line in the yes. second world yeah. war they'll never get through here yeah. look how well we've defended this yeah. go around the outside yeah we, well surely that's a lesson learned if there's nothing else come, if nothing else comes from this Generals, yeah. don't do it with walls. Don't do it with walls. Yeah. Build a big castle. Make it a big castle. Of course, you know who uh, hasn't learned his history lessons as well in the news this week. Go on. David Cameron, in his trip to America, yeah, said that um, in trying to appeal to the Americans and how we're all together and we always have been, yeah, was saying how Britain was the uh, junior partner with America in 1940 in together fighting the forces of Nazi Germany. Which has upset quite a few people. Well, yeah. Partly because he says junior partner. And also partly because America didn't enter the war until 1941. 1940 was, was Dunkirk, uh, Battle yeah. of Britain, all on our own. On our own for three whole long years. Yeah. Yeah. When, so, was, when was Pearl Harbor then? December 40? Or 41? December 41? Was it December? Yeah. 
Not very, well, I suppose they would have to go all quite quickly after that, wouldn't they? Probably yeah, that's the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we should probably do this now, shall we? <laughs> we'll send them a letter. <laughs> a stern, a hardly, a sternly written letter. Um, okay, sorry. Yes, so somehow we've gone from the Romans history? to Wells. And yeah, so Boudicca was um, an Iceni as the tribe. Yeah. And she should have got some stuff from her husband, who was head of the tribe. Yeah. But he died, and then the Romans just took everything. Mm. So she kicked up a bit of a fuss. So mm. the Romans, just to sort it all out, raped her and the daughters. Mm. They, they then fight back, and the Romans are a bit, oh, God, we weren't expecting that. They did well, though. They did. They burnt down Colchester, yeah. which is, you know, maybe uncalled for. Well. Camel Dunham. Yeah. Uh, but then the Romans ultimately beat them and, and killed them. Mm. I mean, ultimately, it wasn't very successful. No, ultimately, yeah, they didn't really... Didn't do that. And as such, Romans not so hot on the women as uh, leaders. Yes, yeah, so that puts an end to a, a lovely liberal past. You think that's quite impressive also, how long Rome is around for, and it never gets into any real women's rights stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why does that never happen? Yeah. Well, especially we had, um, the, based on democracy, the, um, mm. of the people, you'd think it was the next natural step. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe that's just, just our modern history for putting a blueprint on theirs. Indeed. I mean, obviously, they just recognise that women are inferior, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe we've, that's a, a lesson we've lost over the years. Right, OK, we're at... We're at Bunch of stuff. 200 now AD. Yeah. Septimus Severus, who was the inspiration for Severus Snape in the name factor of Harry Potter. Factory. First black, and indeed only black, emperor. Really? Yeah, he was from Libya. Whoa. He's Roman emperor really? And okay. he'd done a bunch of stuff, and then again those Celts yeah. coming in, yeah. invading from the north. So he went in and was right. This time we're going to conquer Scotland, and he goes beyond the wall and does a whole bunch of fighting. Yeah. Except he doesn't because they just do guerrilla tactics, cheats, <laughs> and he doesn't really manage it. No. And he just goes back to York and dies. Oh, yeah, mm. that's the fall of um, some of our other kings that we'll see later on. Indeed, never take on Scotland. Mm. And then it's really downhill from there for the Romans. It's yeah. all going to be a bit bad. Barbarians all over the place invading them. Their economy's yeah. struggling. Maybe they were poisoned Splitting by out east and west. It's all struggling. And then 410, the Romans actually leave Britain for the last time. Right. And guess what happens then? Dark Ages. Dark Ages. Someone turns the lights out and we don't know what happens. Indeed, as uh, Edward Gray said, the lights are going out all over Europe. Or was it the son who said, uh, last person, please turn out the lights or yes. something? I can't remember. Before the 1992 election. Ah, there we go. Neil Kinnock. Yes. Neil Kinnock. Uh, so not the son. First World War and the Romans. Dark Ages. First World War? That was the Edward Grey, the lights. Oh, sorry, yes, Europe. right. Just yeah. referencing the things yeah. we said and putting yeah. them all into one kind of conclusion. <laughs> a, a verbal footnote. Indeed. So yeah, the Romans leave, and as such, there's no one really there to protect all the nice, cultured, Romanized Brits. Mm. So instead, Celts, etc., just come along, start invading all over the place. This Things is are why... breaking up, and suddenly, all that structure, the roads, the economies, mm. the towns, just fall into disrepair. Yeah. This is why when you go to Turkey, mm. or Morocco, or somewhere that... No, Turkey's a better example for this, because it might not be true... <laughs> we get somewhere that uh, had a more uh, stable history, even when the Romans left, although in Turkey they didn't leave, it became Byzantium. It, mm. it just carried on. You, it carries on that lots of Roman traditions, like um, baths. Mm. You, like, you also get in sort of Greece and stuff, where um, that sort of, it's 
seen as very Mediterranean now, but maybe if we'd have if that culture had carried on here we'd all be having sort of bit of a more of a Baths. Baths. Yeah. Would be clean. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't just be Riverside Community Leisure Centre down there. <laughs> the sort of massage parlour that you only get in um anyway, totally different <laughs> kind of massage parlour. It's that, you do wonder though when all that stuff went away and there were just the the fighting and all mm. the tribes and invasions. You think there were, I imagine, traditional country gentlemen Brits who are saying, "God, I just really want a bath." <laughs> yeah, all this, so we just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Can't get tiling for toffee now. Those <laughs> rumours have gone. <laughs> these people putting up these new, new bloody estates of roundhouses. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, so they're, gone. They're, but they were still Romanized. So we have Latin. They speak in Latin. They're Christian. Mm. But then Dark Ages come along, and it's all a bit tricky for everybody then. So you've got the Celts coming along, Pict invasions, the Gaelic, the Caledonians, everyone's coming along Kicking all off. over the place. So then we have a series of people who are sort of important kings of sorts, mm. but not whole kings of England, hence why we're not starting with them. Yeah. So one of the first people who's important is Vortigern. Yeah. Just quite a cool name. That's a very cool name. Sounds like a baddie, like a boss on Doom or something. Well, some people would say he was a bit of a baddie. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not long after the Romans leave, he's sort of 420s, 430s. And because there's all the trouble going on, he decides to invite the Saxons to come over and help him bring order. So that's the first point uh, at which the Saxons come over. Because, of course, we sort of think of ourselves as Saxons, and yeah. like they're the goodies, they're the English. Yeah. But they are just another invading yeah. force who yeah. came along and got rid of all the Brits. Yeah, and it's Orton's fault, because he brought them in and thought... I'll just get them to do that, settle everything, and then they'll just leave, presumably, and be quite grateful for the experience. <laughs> but they, they don't. They rebel, and they settle down, and suddenly the Saxons are there causing mischief. All right. Next chapter comes along, Ambrosius Aurelianus. These, these names, honestly. I mean, he's essentially kind of a Roman, and he's sort of seen as the last Roman, hence the us. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roman chap. And apparently he really hates Vortigern. And he also hates the Saxons, because apparently they killed his parents. Uh, so what he does is he fights back against the Saxons, yeah. pushes them back, gets rid of them a little bit. And he is one of the people who people say maybe was the inspiration for King Arthur. Because we are, of course, now in the age of Arthur. Right. And what was his name again? Ambrosius Aurelianus. There's lots of A's in there, you can see how that could get corrupted. Indeed. <laughs> But I think the film, King Arthur, with Clive Owen, I think that's who he is, because uh, that's uh, a Roman yeah. thing. Terrible film. I haven't seen it. I just know this clip where he says, I want peace, Lance, a lot. <laughs> I'm not yeah. seeing that film. No, it's on the same lines as Russell Crowe's Robin Hood. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Mm. But anyway, but lots of the Arthur legend definitely happens So, like the Mounts um, Badon, which is this big battle where he sort of finally routes the Saxons for a bit. That happens, and that's probably Ambrosius. And there's about 12 key battles sort of, 485, 496, which is said to be when Arthur gets rid of all the Saxons. And he has all these wins, one after the other, until finally he so gets killed because of that wretched Mordred. Yes. But yeah. did he exist? That's the question. Is he just bits of other characters, or was he a real chap? Well, I reckon, I reckon we've proved that. I reckon it's this. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Yeah. Fact. No more fiction here. Good. Yeah, well... That's so, that one settled. So that's, that's pre... That's Romans... Just post-Rome, yeah. Roman, sorry, and now we are on to... Then we've still got our Dark Ages, and the problem with all this stuff is, again, we don't have a lot of definite factual evidence, mm. so it's quite hard to tell the fact from the fiction and mm. where stuff that happened that's history meets legend, i.e. Mm. Arthur. So we're just, we're just basing this on uh, 
record of monks, I presume, because they're the only ones writing. Only ones writing anything. Right. Mm. Okay. And there's not much evidence to go on. Well, I mean, they have stuff. So, like, there is actually re- there are references to someone called Arthur oh, and right. the king who falls at this battle. Okay. But it doesn't tie in with the whole Camelot and mm. all that stuff. Yeah, it's probably. It's all Geoffrey of Monmouth uh, in the 12th century who basically invents the Arthur legend. Right. Yeah, that's right, because Edward I is in love with the whole thing. He loves yeah. that, he's round table. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we move from that into a period where we're getting a little bit more structure. So this is the point where we get kingdoms and Bretwalders. You're going to have to say that single word. word. Bretwalders were essentially... Because you have all these different kingdoms, and there's a term called heptarchy, because there were, I think, seven. So right. you have Essex. Yay. Still there in those days, pretty good going for Essex. Mm. So Essex was a kingdom in those days. Mm. Wessex, which doesn't really exist anymore. I think down there I printed some stuff off from a uh, oh, yeah, free see. encyclopedia. And later there is a map. Later there is a map. I'm going through... There it is. Oh, there's a map. So yeah. you can describe where all these places okay. are. Okay, Essex is where Essex currently is. No continental drift for Essex. Bigger, though, I think. It was bigger. Bigger. Yeah, the E is drifting definitely over into Hertfordshire there. Mm. Um, Kent is still where you'd imagine Kent is, as is Sussex. Wessex we've got covering, I'd say, Somerset... Bit of Oxfordshire, Wiltshire, yeah, down to maybe touching on Devon, perhaps. Mm. It's definitely going towards the Cornwall-y sort of yeah. area, isn't it? Yeah. There we are. So Wessex is huge. And we've also got above them... Mercia. Now that's that. Mercia is a massive kingdom. East Midlands, West Midlands, Herefordshire, all that. Yeah, that's huge. And then we've got a East Anglia, is that? East yeah. Anglia, yeah. And yeah. Northumbria. Northumbria is probably the biggest bit. We're going from North Wales, draw a line for across from North Wales, up. Yeah. Probably from the Humber to from from the Humber to Scotland. So those are the English kingdoms at this time. So Essex, Wessex and Sussex are Saxons. East Anglia, Mercy and Northumbria are the Angles. And Kent are Jutes. Kent are Dutes. Jutes. Jutes. I'm not sure what they are. I think they're just another form of Saxon or something. Yeah. I'm not really sure. And Cornwall's being Cornish at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Bretwalders was this mysterious word. Mm. So obviously all of these kingdoms all have kings, so we don't have one king of England. But every now and again, one of them crops up who's much more powerful than all the others. So he is seen as this Bretwalder, this person who's a major king and has a lot of influence beyond his own domain. Right. So they have a few of these. So the first one is a chap whose name I can't pronounce, but it's A-E-L-L-E. Ayl? Ayl? A-E-L-L-E. Ayl? He's from Sussex, and uh, according to Bede, he's the first one of the Bretwalders. Apparently it's unlikely because the Saxons weren't that strong at the time. But anyway, he's one. The Venerable Bede. Indeed, we have another one, Kiawil. It's all very tricky. I can't pronounce any of these names. He's from Wessex. Then we get one of the people we know a bit more about, Ethelbert, who's from Kent. Now he's 591 to 616. I know him. He's a crooner in the 70s. Yes, that's yes. exactly what he is. There's a little uh, 70s joke. Indeed. Yeah. Also, he was converted to Christianity by St. Augustine. What? what? Oh, so hang on, hang on. Because this is the thing. Originally, England was Christian with the Romans, when yeah. the Romans all got Christianised. 330. Then, indeed. But then the Saxons come along, the Celts, the Picts, the Gaelics, everybody else are pagans. Oh. So, really but, so that's kind of like a reversion back to the old religion. Yeah, it's gone back to the pagan beliefs. But then okay. Augustine comes along because Rome's a bit like, oh god, these Brits have gone off and won again. Yeah. 
So he goes off and makes uh, Ethelbert Christian. So then you have a bit of tension between some of the Christian kings and some of the pagan ones. I've heard a uh, story. Now, this is, this is um, pretty much how a lot of my history essays at university went. Some fella <laughs> <laughs> captured some uh, Brits uh, when the Romans went to investigate. Um, and uh, took them back to Rome. Mm. And they're talking about the, the... Went to show a... Sorry, excuse the siren. Went to show a priest these savages. Mm. And they said, look, sir, they're angles. And he said, no, they're not angles, but angels. Because he wanted to uh. convert all these uh, savages to Christianity. And they were very, very pale skinned, so he thought they looked like angels. That's clever. Yeah. Good PR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we have a chap called Rydvold who's from East Anglia, 664, and it wasn't clear whether he was a Christian or a pagan, and he hedged his bets a little bit. Clever. He is a chap who, um, the famous dig at Sutton Hoo, where mm-hmm. they found all this treasure, that really famous helmet, which is the kind of defining image of British yes. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That great one with the thing over the nose, yeah. around the ears. And then they found this massive tomb, which essentially it was a ship mm. with all this treasure in. I don't think there was a body in there, but they believed that one was well yeah. And I think that it was this guy, Wyvold. He's the original Pascal's wager, just hedging his bets on religion. Yeah. Clever. Good Very clever. Uh, then there's a chap. This, um, I, I like the fact that this name is around then, and it. I don't know if it sounded more heroic at the time, but King Edwin. 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 It's not a kingly name. It's not a kingly name. You see, until I really got into King Edward I, I don't think Edward is a very kingly name. Mm. But the other Edwards, are, well, Edward II, not so good, but... Yeah, now it, it's yeah. a really kingly name. Good stuff. Yeah. He's Northumbria, as is Oswald from Northumbria, who's his brother, and they come on from each other. But they are both killed by a chap called Oswy. <laughs> who, um... Oh, no, they're not. Sorry. We need to resurrect these names. I've got that all wrong. They are both killed by King Penda of Mercia. Right. And King Penda is a pretty ruthless pagan. Yeah. And he doesn't like Edwin and Oswald because they're woolly Christians. Yes. So he gets rid of them. But then along comes Oswy, surprisingly, Northumbrian, kills off this chap, Penda, and he's now the king. And he's a chap who has, uh, in 664, the Whitby Synod. Pe- this, this is Penda? No, this is Oswy who killed Penda. Uh, Pe- Penda probably got a lot of stick at school. <laughs> Pender Bender. Yeah, he must have. He must have hated his parents. That's yeah. probably what gave him the rage. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was the Christians that mocked him. Yeah, yeah. They're saying it's all it's wrong. This man love, and you're saying <laughs> it's my name. <laughs> yeah. So the Whitby Synod. Do you know what the Whitby Synod is? The Whitby. Whitby Synod. I know where Whitby is, and I know what a synod is, so I could guess, but I don't know what the outcome it's is. It's where they decided that England was Roman Catholic. Because they had oh. all these different beliefs, and they said, "Right, this is it. This is what we believe. We're Roman Catholic now." Oh, that's then, that's a big decision. You'd, you'd think they'd consult. Well, I think that's what the synod was. Then. Lots of people <laughs> consulted with each other. Okay, and right. that stays all the way through to uh, Henry VIII, yeah. who doesn't really your personal favourite. Well, who's to say? Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah. he, of course, doesn't really consult quite so much. So how many years was that that Britain's Roman Catholic officially in? Well, that's from 664 to 1530 Wow. And Henry, just like that, gone. Yeah. I want a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll come to Henry later. Yes. 
then followed by... Now, you see also that the way there's a bit of a pattern here. So we've had a few Northumbrians, and we started with the Sussex person. We now move to Mercia, being the people who are really in control. Okay. And this is a big old area. Oh, that's when we start. Yes, because Alfred was Mercian, was he not? No, he was not. Wessex, sorry. Indeed. That's what I meant. <laughs> yes. Good. It's similar, but different. It's further south. Indeed. So we have Aethbold, who rules everything apart from Northumbria. So we're, we're getting close to a king at this point. Yeah. And then we have Offa. Oh, a man with a dyke. <laughs> oh, uh, back to our liberal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these guys can't do nothing. He's uh, Mercian again, 757 five, seven to 796. He controls most of Britain to the extent that he is the first person to coin himself King of the English. Okay. King of the British. So he's the first but one. Does he have Northumbria? I think he pretty much he pretty much has dominion of most of it. Right. Not in the fully laid down, it's all settled way that mm. the Saxons later do. Yeah. But he's the first one who claims it for himself. He's not going to start printing notes or making coins yet. Well, what he does is he reintroduces coins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are the chances? Right, <laughs> okay. Puts his face on the back. Well, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty official then. That's he's pretty official. And some people would count him yeah. in a way as the first king. Because I was thinking, you know, if you... Things are pretty official when you make coins. That's why I, I assumed that maybe that wasn't something he'd do. So he's, he's got coins. People are trading under his name. Yeah, he builds a massive dike along Wales. Mm -hmm. And it's, that is literally his dike. Yes. It's not just yeah. a name and, again, Mick taking at school. No, no, that's that unfortunately is... Can you imagine that? His surname. Yeah. Like Greg, poor chap. Greg. No, dike. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what did it for the BBC. Yeah. But the problem for him is, and why we ultimately haven't made him as the first king, is that when he dies in 796 and his son takes over and should inherit the whole thing, his son dies a few months later as well. Ah. Oh. Whole dynasty just gone. Mm. Yeah. And so it all falls apart for about another hundred years. Okay. So you can't really count him as the first king because then everyone else that comes afterwards isn't. <laughs> right, yeah, I see. I see. You, you, so you, you've got to have some. Uh, some dynasty. I think dynasty and a set of continuity. Yeah, this is okay. how it works. From now on, we are kings yeah. of England and everyone that follows. Yeah, okay, right. A little bit before we die, 793, something ominous happens. Monks at Lindisfarne, very holy place, that northeast, mm. going about their happy business, mm. when a bunch of uh, sailor chaps appear on the shore. Cruising, presumably? Cruising. For holiday? Yep. Yeah. And uh, turn up at their place and uh, just kill everyone bloody vikings vikings, bloody vikings have arrived okay and they are invading yeah and this is what really the ninth century is then all about vikings are coming along and the anglo-saxons just don't know what's hit them because mm. the problem is the vikings have their longboats, which can pretty much go very far in because of the rivers mm. of england and the fact that they're not too deep so they can yeah go right hands. up into nottingham they're doing it. It takes them yeah. completely by surprise, and they've no idea where these people came from. Mm. And they just obliterate everyone. And of course, they are now all Roman Catholic, and they know what they're doing. And suddenly, these more pagans come along. They're they're the boss, aren't they? They're absolutely awesome. Mm. Absolutely awesome. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? It'd be pretty unpleasant. To see, you, you haven't got a, a car to zip off down the M1 and get the wrong way, get out of their way. <laughs> You've got horses. They have horses, and you see their sails on the horizon. Oh my goodness, that'd be too much. You'd better hope they're trading. That's that's we. And uh, they weren't. No, no. So they 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 
kick the holy out of these monks. They do, and they kick the holy out of everybody else's monks as well, <laughs> and more besides. So ninth century is really Anglo-Saxons are now being pushed back by the Vikings, so the Vikings start to take over, and you get this kind of, I think it's on the, the east, essentially, the sort of Danelaw area, where it mm. really is just all Viking, mm. and they take over York. Yes, that's the capital. Yeah. Jorvik, yes. yeah. etc. Yeah. So then, this is where we are, ninth century. But, but, the House of Wessex is on the rise. Now, Wessex is the large one that we were saying is now Somerset, Wiltshire kind of area. Capital was Winchester. Which okay, yeah. So that <coughs> that's that's on the rise, and we've got Cornwall just being Cornwall. Mm-hmm. So it's really down to Wessex. This Wessex is Essex, Suffolk, Northumbria. They are getting they're getting pummeled by the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Hence, um, you need you need someone. You need you a savior. Need, you need someone to step up to the plate and say, "You've got you on your this back." Is where foot. it stops. You're between. You've got. You've just got Wessex left, and a, and the teeming hordes of Vikings, Vikings marauding the countryside, getting reinforced the whole time. What do you do? Tell you what you do. You what? need a man. You need a great man. A great man. A great man. A great, great king. Ah, I see what you've done. One king to rule them all. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So. Out of Wessex, various people, but ultimately, as you can maybe guess, Alfred the Great becomes king, and then he will show the Vikings just what we're made of. So that that takes us up to really our first king. I can see if you if, if you've um, been listening this far, thank you very much for listening to our pilot. Indeed, so that, that's our that's around our backgroundy stuff. And now the next ones we're thinking to take them king by king. Really, we're going to do Alfred, and then eventually we we'll get to. William the First, where William the Conqueror, where where people, you know, know the the really the run of events from there. That's a nice thing of this, and that we don't really know anything about all these old kings. No. I don't know if that's uh, comes through in the podcast. <laughs> we have a limited amount of knowledge about them. You've done some research, Graham. I this is a bit of research. Yeah. Okay. So, so that that's really the theme of it. We're going to go through and can't we can't really give these these chaps the Rex Factor treatment because there's not one that stands out. So. Offer is unlucky. He was, you know, he mm. he almost gets uh, gets a look. He would have. He normally got it. Nearly got his Rex Factor card with his scores. But so that's our background. That's setting us up for Rex Factor, where we're going to give these guys scores on all different categories. Would you mind going through what those are again? Should we do so them again? Let's go through what they are. We have warfare and general battleiness. Okay, that's important because. Especially in these early ones, that's the, you're going to get some high scores between them. We're going to get some fantastic battles. This to is essentially discuss. what they do. Yeah, really. That is, yeah. And they also do scandal and notoriety. Lovely. I Who, dare say. Yeah, I love a bit of that. That'll be good. Rumor. Indeed. <laughs> Governance subjectivity might be harder for them. Would you want to have been ruled by all of these chaps? Although, then, if someone does succeed, that it will stand out more. You're going to so be impressed. You're going to be impressed. So you get some high scores there. But general less battliness, I suppose. Or unless that's securing things to make yeah. it peaceful. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that pans out. As long as you're not on the front line, you're probably quite happy as long as they're fighting yeah. off. Yeah. If, if you're... At a distance. Yeah. Keeping your enemies at distance, maybe engaging wars over abroad, so that land yeah. here is, is secure, so you can uh, have good subjectivity. Longevity is the next one. How long they were king for, which we can't debate, it's just a fact. Yeah. 
But, Cold um, hard facts, that's what we like. That's going to benefit, obviously, the ones who aren't so hot on the battle stuff. Mm. Mm. And the uh, children, of course. How because they, how well their dynasty, dynasty does. Yeah. got to have that dynasty. And then finally... The Rex Factor. The Rex Factor, which is this indefinable aura and sense of greatness. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were a good king that you would have liked, or that they were moral, or any of that. It's just they've got that certain... No. I mean, indeed, my favourite ones weren't. Huh? Yeah. Edward I had dubious qualities. <laughs> what a legend. So, yeah, just to... Uh, it's all very subjective, obviously, and not to be confused with sub- our strange title of subjectivity, <laughs> but um, I hope you enjoy it and uh, agree with us or disagree with us, and let us know, because... Hopefully you're um, more informed than us on some of the, in some, on some of the kings. Cause and some people almost certainly will be, because uh, I've got a friend of mine who's doing a PhD in um, archaeology, and he's very much knows his Saxon stuff. Good, that's good. And that's uh, good. when, it, when I, he asked who we were going to start with, he said Athelstan, Alfred the Great, offer. <laughs> so he well, that's, I had Alfred in my head, but that's, that's, see, there's knowledge there. That's what we need. We need those people to get in touch and say, you're, you're loonies. That's not right at all. So that'd be good. Yeah. And of course, you live opposite someone. Well, you live with someone who uh, actually does it for a job, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And opposite someone else who kind of does it as well. That's true. It's true enough. All these experts around. Yeah, and they just and we and we're the ones doing it. Just wait until we get to the early twentieth century, and I can talk to you about the political context and exactly. the and operation. Don't get me started on Edward the First Northern Castles in Wales. Although, although I've already managed to slip a bit in. Well, once we get to Edward the First, it will be of some it's, relevance. Oh, it's going to be awesome. But next time, Alfred the Great. Alfred the Great. See you then. Bye. Bye.